Hey, welcome to the Soul Glitch Podcast, the podcast about things that we thought we'd never have to say about black culture, black politics, and being black in America. I'm Dion. And I'm Naomi. Let's go. Time reports that America's booming economy has experienced a problem, and that problem is a shortage of truck drivers. Historically, the industry was reliant on older white male drivers, but this cohort is aging out. The industry is facing a record shortage, with an estimated 50,000 more drivers that are needed to meet the demand. The Trump administration and the industry have tried to alleviate this problem by loosening federal rules and regulations to entice more non-traditional drivers like women, teenagers and minorities to operate the big rigs. One group that has become more visible is the female African-American truck driver. Although women comprise 5.4 percent of the driver population as a whole, the number of African-American female drivers are close to one half of 1%. Tonight's guest is one of those African-American female truck drivers, a 20 something year old. She chronicles her journey to become a trucker and her first year as a rookie truck driver on her YouTube channel, Paris the Empress. The links to her vlog will be in the show notes. So tonight, help me welcome Paris. Hello. I'm doing good. How about yourself? Good. Um, so where are you, if you don't mind me asking? Rolla, Missouri. Rolla, Missouri. I think I've been there, actually. Yeah, it's a really tiny town. Yeah, yeah. I, in my in my line of work, I go to really, really, really tiny towns, out of the way. Yeah, I do survey. <laughs> I do survey research. So okay. yeah, so I, I follow the people around who actually go to the houses and knock on the doors to survey the people. Sort of like the census. Oh, okay. Yeah, it's the second biggest uh, study, other than the census. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, I go to all parts of Arkansas, a lot of the the West Coast, and um, so yeah, I seen seen a good part of rural America. I put it that way. Not as much, <laughs> probably not as much as you have. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, uh, first off, uh, Naomi couldn't make it. You know, I'm in North Carolina. She's in Phoenix. So, okay. yeah, so she's busy right now. Uh, so uh, whenever you're yeah. ready, you know, um, we can get started. I don't want to take too much of your time. Are you, well, I'm a newbie kid to the <laughs> truck industry. But to tell you the truth, I've always said once I retire, I'm going to at least do it for two years. Oh, yeah. I've always wanted to do it. Well, I always try to encourage people to get their CDL, whether you're going to do it. Um, the 18 wheelers or drive the 18 wheelers or not 
Mm-hmm. So that way you at least have that license. So like if you want to do forklift work, that requires a CDL. Really anything that requires a CDL, you can just end up doing it. You're right. like, you know what? I'm tired of this. Let me do this as a side hustle. Then I need to do that. Right. So I looked into a community college that has a program. Oh, that's good. Yeah, on on uh on one night during the week and then the whole weekend. So uh-huh. I'm like, yeah, I'll do that. And that and exactly like you said, I wanted to get the license and drive part time, maybe on the weekend, maybe something uh-huh. regional, maybe a cement truck, something. Yeah. Big. Yeah. So I can get experience because uh, I built I built out a box truck. But eventually, uh-huh. I want a long school bus. So I was like, that'll also help me, uh, you know, learn to drive. Because I've, I've driven, trust me, I've delivered furniture and I've driven very, very large box trucks. But that was a while ago. Really? Yeah. So okay. our box trucks had, it were, they were straight shift, maybe 10 years, but you only needed, like, yeah. you only started, like, at number four. Nothing like mm-hmm. an 18-wheeler or anything like that, that split shifting thing. Which, yeah. Me, let me ask you, do you have an automatic or a manual? Oh, it's automatic. I can't do manual. My trainer tried to teach me how to do manual, and that was a nightmare. So, because I couldn't even really reach the pedals. That's when height actually became a factor. Really? How tall are you, Paris? <laughs> I'm 4'10. What? You look. I thought you were at least 5'4, five, 5'5. Five, five. No. You look tall oh, in the video. <laughs> you look tall in the video, though. <laughs> No, you were to beat me. Wow. <laughs> I am fortunate. <laughs> oh, you are a little tiny thing. Man. <laughs> okay. So, on your license, you only have an automatic endorsement? Yeah. Uh-huh. So, I have a restriction because of that. Okay. Uh, the last company that I was with, they put a restriction on. So, does that limit you to the number of carriers you can drive for? Or now Pretty much, yeah. It's pretty much, yeah, that's what it ends up doing. So I just only go to carriers where they have only automatic. Because most carriers, they don't want you to have that restriction on there because right. they're manual. So, because I tried to go to KLLM, but so then I had a restriction. They were like, yeah, we can't do this. So I was like, okay, whatever, my, I'll go to first. In my mind, I had a vision of you just going through gears. <laughs> that's my vision like you just churning and burning man but um, I, I've had recently I have a lot of family members that drive and I recently had a chance to sit in these new Volvos and I was like oh my god these things are they are beautiful and they have all the amenities of cars lane assist um just everything that you could think of and the little bunk section is so huge it has a little desk i was like wow trucking is coming along with and they're automatic i didn't even know that you could get an automatic truck now i didn't either when i first got trucking i thought that i had to learn how to drive a stick shift i thought that i had to learn how to drive a manual so i was trying to prepare for that and they were like no we're 95 percent automatic fleet i was like what? <laughs> 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 I'm like, you mean I don't have to try to struggle with the gears and try to reach for that clutch on my foot? Okay. I like y'all. 
Yeah. Like when I was a teenager, my dad, um, he well, in the South, y- you know, people teach their children how to drive long before they're old enough, really. So I probably started driving at 12. And he started me on a manual shift, six speed. So I, you know, the, my first couple of cars were all manual. And then when I worked at this furniture delivery place, you know, some of their trucks were manual and a lot of the people couldn't even drive them. So there's only about two of us that could drive manuals. And we were the two that were assigned to those trucks, the 10 speeds. And the rest of the people couldn't really, you know, because uh, I'm probably 20 years older than you. So uh, when when I was a teenager, manuals were going out of style. There were still some and they were cheaper. But yeah. over 20 years ago, that's when manual cars started, except for sports cars, they started going away. And even sports cars, then they were just like those special shifters where they're up, down or plus or minus or something like that. So yeah. the true manual shifting was going away and it was going away fast. And it's crazy nowadays, like the teenagers and a lot of my cousins, they don't even know how to drive at all. They're just Ubering they everywhere. Yeah. We're in a convenient time. We really are. Yeah. We really, really are. <laughs> yeah. I mean, at the, the fingertips, like, oh, man, I need to make it to the airport. Oh, I really don't drive my car. Whip out my phone. Bam. And it's so much cheaper. Exactly. You know? So, yeah, we do live in very convenient times and um so I, like i said i'm a fan of your vlog and i've been watching i thought i was subscribed to your vlog because in my feed your videos would always come up so i thought that i had subscribed at some point but i figured out that i hadn't even subscribed to your vlog i was like what <laughs> so i subscribed recently but oh, i would well, I thank would, you i would always um Cause I, I love the trucking blogs and I love the trucking podcast. I mean, I listen to yeah. everything. I listen to all kinds of podcasts, all type of vlogs. And I just really, I watch YouTube more than I do television. I listen to I podcasts. Yeah. I listen to podcasts more than I do radio. And I, I yeah. so love to hear people's stories and their journeys. And like people, I wouldn't say you're, you're not, nowadays like maybe a couple years ago i would say that you probably had an unconventional job for a woman a black woman but nowadays that's not longer so there's there's a lot well i don't know there's more i would probably say there's more than there was but but when i saw your vlog and i was like wow she's really young And I was like, wow, she really picked a career. And I mean, you know, I started with your very first videos and you, you over, you didn't give up, man. You're a fighter. You you kept at it. So, um, right here, I'm just going to let you take over and give us a little bit of your origin story. Um, you know, you can go far, as far back as you're comfortable, maybe not baby days, but (laughs) yeah. (laughs) So, all right. So in terms of origin story, I was born in New Orleans, Louisiana. Um, I My father was military. He was Navy, did 20 years. And so we mainly stayed in Southern California, so San Diego. So I stayed there for about nine years. And then my most of my adult life, I was in San Antonio. So really raised in San Antonio. But you were born in New Orleans? 
Well, yeah, that's correct. Yeah, I'll be down there for Mardi Gras. I'm looking forward to it. <laughs> I'm hydrating already. Right, you need to. Yeah. It's a lot of walking. Yeah, I'm telling you, it's a marathon, not a sprint. That's for real. Yeah, so. That's for sure. Now, at what point did you, or were you sitting on the couch and you said, you know what? Long haul trucking. That's what I want to do. So it started for me. It didn't necessarily start like that. <laughs> it started for me when I was like, you know what? I've been in customer service for most of my life. I started in customer service when I was around 18. And then when I was around 24, I was like, I want to do something different. Because I did food service. My very first job was working at Whataburger in Texas and, and McDonald's. So I did that. I worked in banking for Chase collections as well for them and I also worked in at United Healthcare as a claims adjuster so I told myself I want to do something that's just completely different something where I can make money and travel I was going to look into the military but I was like mm, no that's that's something that I really want to completely do I want to do something where I'll be able to travel all in the United States, make money, see different things, and not be too confined in, in one area or wherever it is that I'll end up being stationed. More power to people who are in the military, but it, it was something else that I wanted to do all for me. So I chose trucking. I understand that. Yeah. 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 Man, that's amazing. So I think more millennials now. I'm noticing a lot of millennials have wondered. Oh, oh my God. Me and my friend, one of my, me and one of my friends were having a conversation about this. The last company that we were at, Primey, mm-hmm. you will see a lot of people within our age group, a lot of the millennials. Maybe. And I've noted also just other companies in general. There's people that are around my age as well as just more women that are around my age. So it's growing. It's appealing to the youth. We're just like, you know what? We're tired of Lyft. We're tired of Uber. We just want to go out there and actually have it to where our money is worth something and make these deliveries for real. So that's what some of us have done. Amazing. Yeah. So I was reading this article about um, they're trying to make it where, because the way it stands, and correct me if I'm wrong, um, to drive an 18 wheeler you have to be at least 21 years of age right mm-hmm. and i was watching where they were pat- trying to pass legislation through where that you can drive as young as 18 but the only restriction would be that you could only do regional now i heard about that them mm-hmm. lowering the age down to 18 but i didn't know that it was restricted to where they can only drive regional well, that was a, just you one are, article that I read. That's just one article. Just one okay. article. You know how you read an article. Mm-hmm. You know it's it's a it was from a legit publication like in the New York yeah. Times or something like that. But you yeah. know they may be talking about one state of the greater whole. So okay, yeah. So okay. eighteen years so old. That is something I heard. So See, that I'm not sure what because we have people as young. Mm-hmm. As 18, already just within these 53 footers. Like 16, 17, 
come from a family where their parents, their great-grandparents, great-great-grandparents have been driving tractor trailers and then they allow their son or their daughter to get behind the wheel just to see what it is that they can do. And that could be as young as just 13, 14 years old. That's, yeah. that's what it could end up being. And there was this one person that I actually saw a YouTube for. I, I believe that he was actually 20. And I know it's 21. But still, you could be as young as what it is that they're, they're having people driving into motors now. So it wouldn't really make too much of a difference, at least in my eyes. Yeah, because some people, yeah, I know people like that. Their fathers did it, and mm-hmm. when they were young, you yeah. know, they got they let their son drive, and they were like, "Man, I." They told me that like I got diesel fuel in my blood now, and they were like, "They exactly." Like, <laughs> they were like, "That's all I know. That's all I want to do. I can't can't work nowhere else." And I was like, "Hey, there's yeah. nothing wrong with that, you know." And it, it uh-huh. works for some people, and like I said, I've always wanted to do it but um you know I, after college and stuff and i had the student loan debt <laughs> i was like well, i'm gonna need something a little you know where i get that a stable amount every month and now that i'm coming to um so like i said i'm 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 44 so i'm probably oh, a little over 20 years older than you are um yeah so I'm coming to the point where I'm at the end of my debt where like I see the light at the end of the tunnel. I've done, I've worked 20 and I've paid off a lot. And so now mm-hmm. I'm to the point where I like, it's time for, I might do what I want to do now. <laughs> yeah, <exactly. laughs> yeah. I got my little truck outside and, uh, you know, I'm single. I don't have any children. So, um, I thought about, uh, buying a house, but then I was like, "Do I really want to get saddled with two hundred fifty thousand dollars worth of debt?" And all I really want to do is just travel the country. So um, that's why I told you I got that uh, RV outside, and um, exactly. I may just uh, hit the road in a little while, and I might not come back. You'll be able to travel. You'll be able to see different places. Right. But uh, back, back to Miss Paris, the amazing Miss Paris. So um, you started with Prime? I did start with Priming. You did. And that's, and how long is the training? Was the training? So you got your CDL through Prime? Yeah, I got my CDL uh, through Prime. I got my permit first, and then I got my CDL. And then with them, I only had to do 30,000 miles. That's what they wanted me to do. I had to stay on a truck with a trainer for at least 30,000 miles. And then after that, I was going to end up upgrading. I know they changed it now to where you have to be on a truck with a trainer for at least 50,000 miles. So that's at least probably five or six months. Right. That's what I heard. Like when I look at the vlog, <laughs> when I look at vlogs, people are like, yeah, I got to get my, uh, what do they call it? TNT or something yeah, like that. And they're like uh, 50,000 yeah. miles. I'm like 50,000. That's a lot of miles. Uh-huh. Man, my car only has a hundred and fifty thousand miles, and I've had it a while. <laughs> like, wow. well, you're in a truck, so it's completely different in terms of the mileage. Yeah, yeah, and so a female trainer, right? Or is it a male yeah. trainer? Okay, because I was like, that would so, be uncomfortable. There were two phases for me. Um, there was the PSD phase, and there was the TNT phase. Mm-hmm. The PSD phase, I actually had a different trainer. So I had one trainer there, mm-hmm. and then eventually when I ended up 
getting over the road, I had my actual trainer, which was my TNT trainer. So my TNT trainer was the one that I stayed on the truck with for at least 30,000 miles. Okay. So are you over the road or regional? Because I know in one vlog you was like, okay, you were regional. And I I remember you complaining about driving in New York. And I thought to myself, I don't even (laughs) want to drive a car in New York. I went to Chelsea and I parked my car and I'm like, "Mm -mm." it's just too much going on. And it's a car and I rented a small like Fiat. (laughs) And I I can only imagine driving a truck in New York. I just wouldn't do it. Yeah, it was just, it was, it was something. It's a whole different experience. You just look at everything so differently because you're so up high. That's right. what it is. You're so up high. You're able to see everything. So it, it's so different. And seeing all the traffic, it, it was worse when I was driving in, in New Jersey because I thought that Texas traffic was bad. But New Jersey uh, traffic is something else. That turnpike is. <laughs> Oh my, some of the stuff that I've seen on the turnpike blew my mind. How fast they were going. Well, I'm doing 90 and I'm getting zoomed past on the turnpike. I've seen like uh, those mega buses. I've seen one of those go up in flames on the turnpike. Oh my God. Yeah, that turnpike is something. That Jersey turnpike is, is man. Uh-huh. And I'm a southerner. Yeah, okay yeah, you know, I'm a southerner. So when I start getting up to New Jersey and New York, I want to pull over, let somebody else drive. <laughs> I'm used to flat. I'm used to flat land and I can see for three miles where I'm going. <laughs> All of this stuff and people moving around. But in New York, I would imagine that 18 wheelers don't go into the city. That y'all go to like these little distribution centers and then the smaller trucks go into the city part yeah for the most part like there's some places that you can end up going to where they just have roads specifically around the city so that way 18 wheelers and then they have signs that say no also so that way you don't go into the town i know atlanta unless you're delivering Mm -hmm. you can't be in there as a as a semi you can't you cannot going to and I'm, I'm glad and you know i live in durham north carolina now and huh? and man i've seen three sardine cans you know what i'm talking about right uh-huh. yeah. and uh that's why i was like that's another thing like i if i were to drive i'd have to pay extra extra close attention because you know right now i don't really read signs like that but I saw that in Durham. I seen three of those things. I've seen a smaller box truck sardine can. It's just one bridge to claim maybe two 18 wheelers and a box truck. And it got so bad that the city of Durham just went on and broke that bridge down and raised it up. Because that bridge, oh, wow. yeah, it was scalping people for real. So, wow. so I can only, I can only imagine. And um, so what was that? They raised it. They eventually no. just raised that bridge. That's good. It's because it's like when you're in these trucks, you gotta pay close attention, especially to bridge clearances. You don't think about things like that when you're in a car. Trust me. When right. I had my car, I wasn't thinking of things like that because I could just sit under a bridge. But it's thirteen point six. That's what it is. Right. That's the height of your actual tractor trailer. So. 
you gotta pay attention to things like that. Oh my goodness. I, I can see that. I, I can see how people just don't end up doing things like that. It happens though. It really does. So it really does. Your rookie year. So you're not you're no longer in your rookie year, right? This is your second year? Yeah, this this would end up being my second year. Um my first year is in this month. So okay. at the end of this at the end of this month is when I'll end up going into my second year. So yeah, man. And so you've had a couple of like tickets, right? Only one. Only one. And this is mine. And I, I know you did a recent uh, a recent post on your vlog, mm-hmm. and you were talking about you got a call that you got a ticket doing seventy and like a forty. Oh no! Um, the most recent one that I ended up making that was a drive cam. The, the drive company camp. that I work for, yeah, the company that I work for, they have drive cam. So really what they are trying to do is just monitor how their drivers are driving okay. and just there's certain things that end up having it to where the, the drive cam could end up recording you for at least probably three to four seconds. So what my driver leader ended up telling me when I was on I-35 East was that I was going 45 in, no, I was going 60 in a, a 45 mile per hour zone. And I was just like, that can't be it at all because the in Texas going on I thirty five East it's at least sixty five percent. Unless you're going on a ramp, some ramp or at least they want you to slow down to at least thirty four, thirty five or, or forty five. I wasn't on a ramp. I was okay. just going straight forward. So it was something that um I told my driver leader about and she was like, Okay, well I, I just wanted to know about it. So we got that cleared up. All right, let me ask you this. So it's called a drive cam, but really it's just like uh, it records telemetry and speed and all of that, but it doesn't actually video record. Exactly. The only time it goes off is if you are, like if you're going too fast on a ramp, if you are um, pushing on your brakes too hard, mm-hmm. like a hard brake, or if you're doing a lane departure, it's certain times that it will end up going off. So any sort of motion that's happening with the tractor, it'll end up going off. Let me ask certain you Certain motion for it to have it go off, but I heard that there were some companies that actually have cams in the cab. Uh-huh. Would sure. you would you work for a company that had a cam? And I, I just couldn't do that. I couldn't either. Um, that's the thing about the company that I'm with right now. They used to have that until they got sued because one of their drivers, or at least several of their drivers, were complaining about saying that it was an invasion of privacy, which they didn't. But that was the biggest factor of whether I was going to work with this company or not. Me, personally, I wouldn't be able to do it. I can deal with a, an outward-facing drive cam, but not an inward-facing drive cam. I would not. Yeah, I could do it outward-facing, yeah, but not an yeah. inward. Yeah, that, that, I feel that is... Um little um a little there's uh, several companies that do that though and several companies that are starting to do that i think um trying to remember which one i think i could be wrong i could be wrong with that but i know i was reading up different companies before i ended up picking the one that i'm with right now to see which ones had that inward 
facing guy cam, and there's several mega carriers. I can't think of any others. So, I was listening to the America Truck Driver podcast, uh-huh. and um, this guy, I listened to his story, chronicles him going from uh, his struggles as an owner operator. And um, so, and he, and now, you know, he found a little company and um, he's doing pretty good and he's making money. And uh, you know how truckers all claim they make six figures. Is that mm-hmm. true? You know, because you hear truckers, truckers always, oh, I'm making money, I'm making bank. And, you know, they six figures. Is that realistic? And is there money to be made in this industry? Because, you know, you always hear truckers like it's not mm-hmm. you, you hear those truckers talking about it's not like it used to be. So. Oh my God, I get that a lot. <laughs> yeah. So is there money in this industry? There is money on this industry, but it's like I always try to tell all, uh, it's like I always try to tell people before they get into it, especially with the very first year. Don't have high expectations mm-hmm. and also don't measure what it is that you are going to make based upon what other people's financial expectations are. So if you are at a starter company and they're making a certain amount, know that that first year it's not going to be good. You, you won't be making the amount that it is that you were probably told that you were going to end up making. You may have some good paychecks, but it really depends on how hard you run. Mm-hmm. So there is a way that you can end up making money, but you have to consistently run hard in order to have that check that's going to be at least close to $2,000 every single week. So let me ask you this. When you say run hard, now, logistically, is it on the driver to... So is it more on who books your load, the logistics? And if you want to run hard, is it more planning? Is is it more on your side or the planner side? The logistics of the load? So, it's both. And the reason why I say that is this. Is that if you do not let a planner know or your driver leader know how you want to be ran, they're not going to get what it is that you need. When you have a good team behind you, you're going to get where it is that you need to go and you will make miles as well as money with that team that you have. Okay. So it it really comes down to both. Okay. So, but but there is money. So you can't, your rookie, like when you start, say, um, and I'm just picking a company. Um, Uh So the ones we see, I'm in North Carolina, so the, the biggest probably carrier that I see in North Carolina would be Swift and Prime, right? So, uh, uh, and probably Swift being the biggest, because I see their trucks everywhere. Um, yeah. When, when say, so if you're with one of the big carriers, that first year, can you make enough working reasonably uh, well to sustain yourself? I'm talking about probably like, I, I guess in North Carolina, just starting out, uh, I'm talking like $35,000. Easy. Now, you can make a, you can end up making enough to stay afloat if more than that. You okay. Can. There's right. a possibility in it. 
so to make 35 grand is that running like reasonable now here's the thing with that to make mm-hmm. at least 35 grand that's when you're gonna have to look outside of being a company driver i'm i'm just gonna say that hands down you may have to look into being an owner operator because that's really where you end up making bank except the only thing is you'll have more responsibility on you because i have some friends right now with the previous company that i was with and they're making around that figure mm-hmm. it's because they're owner operator and they have a good team behind them. and so the guy that was talking the the uh the guy the american truck drive podcast i think he's with landstar and he's an yeah. owner operator so so in order to make that money you probably when you was trying to get if you're trying to get thirty five thousand or better um you probably need, yeah you need to be an owner operator so um you know when i was listening to your podcast I want to say, and I may be wrong, that you mentioned the boyfriend and that he also drove. Now, you don't have to answer that. I can simply edit that out if you don't want to. <laughs> now, I said in the last the last podcast, I didn't say what it is that he does as an occupation. Oh, he doesn't okay. Drive. Okay, yeah, he, he doesn't, doesn't drive. drive. He is in New York, but he doesn't drive. Okay. Okay, that he doesn't drive. Because I was like, if he drove, why don't y'all just like, drive together? And, uh no. Okay, okay. So, which lead me to leads me to my next question about trucking the lifestyle. How do you keep yourself healthy, not only physically but mentally? Because I imagine that truck driving can be a very solitary lifestyle, where it's just you in the cab driving. And I imagine that the lifestyle of driving and truck stops food options healthy food options are not readily available so can you elaborate on that so in terms of eating healthy um, i do go to walmart a lot um in terms of what type of food that i end up eating really just replacing any junk food with healthy snack options like carrots uh, miniature tomatoes or anything like that that can end up helping. Really, it comes down to you. Okay. Whether you want to stay healthy within this truck or not. In terms of the mental aspect, I've had several people, like a lot of my Lyft drivers, that would ask me or even tell me, no, I can't do that because I'm going to be in the truck by myself and I already have something I'm just trying to take care of. It's one of those things where you need to build a network. You mm-hmm. need to communicate with other truck drivers. You need, even if it's just your family that you communicate with, even if it's just your friends that you communicate with, you have to have moments where you have somebody that you are constantly talking to. Like if you have some friends that are truck drivers, then that can help also because while you're on your trips, you can converse with them. Okay. So there is a way to kind of fight the demons, I would say. Whatever it is that you're just going through psychologically, there is a way. Communicating. Sometimes, like for me, YouTube is my outlet. I just vlog. That's why I just vlog. Because it it gets my mind off of a lot of things. Because, yeah, a lot of people think that it's just driving. If you have anything going on in your personal life, if you have anything going on with 
any relationship that you're in, it can affect you when you're on the road. That's why you see some people fall asleep mm. while they're driving. That's why you see some people get into accidents. That's why you see some people just not be as careful as they were before. Because they're taking work. Even though you're on the road and you're living on it, they're taking their personal problems with work. They're combining right. You don't right. want to do that. Yeah, you definitely don't want to do it when you're truck driving. Um, okay. So, can you speak to um, not only being a woman in the industry? Because I'm I imagine that the industry is probably ninety five percent white men, and not only oh, that, okay. being a black woman in the industry. So, like when you go to shippers and stuff, do they ever? Are they like? Do they ever like are dismissive of you or give you that look like, oh God, you know? No, that's a that's a good question. Um, I haven't really dealt with that with shippers and receivers, but I remember when I was in Montana and I was on the truck with my trainer with the, the company that I'm with now. Um, I told him how I wanted to take a thirty minute break at this. I think it was like a Petra or something like that, and it had a diner attached to it. As soon as I went there, I felt eyes on me. I was going to go get some food from the diner, and the waitress was like, oh, I'll be right with you. And then she went further into the actual diner, and I never saw her again. So I was like, let me go into the actual store that they have and try and find something. And there was this, this man, he was Caucasian, and he was standing in between where the cash register was and on the other side was, uh, I think it was a sit up or something like that. And he was just watching me the whole entire time. Really? The whole entire time. I guess trying to see if I was going to take something. And then, so what happened was is that I end up going to Cinnabon. I'm like, okay, there's, there's nothing here. He's watching me. I go over to where he is, talk to the person that's at Cinnabon. Now, he moves over to where the window is and he starts looking out the window like nothing just happened that's how he acted so then the whole entire time this person at Cinnabon she's talking to me and I'm staring at him a little bit just glancing at him to let him know how it feels to be stared at and maybe that was petty on my part but yeah. I don't like that <clears throat> I just don't and I told my I, I ended up telling my um, my trainer about it and he was like me that's why I, I don't know why he wants to take a break here. Because he knew. Oh. <laughs> he, yeah. He, he knew. He knew what he knew the, was uh, Okay. Okay. Wow. Wow. Mm. Oof. Yeah. yeah. So it depends on certain places that you end up going to. But in terms of any shippers and receivers, I have as of yet been going through anything like that. But since one of the southeastern regions, Mm-hmm. It's not gonna happen. So as much, but it's just not gonna happen. When you say regional, so what does that include? What states that, that does that include for you? Like Texas, um, New Mexico, almost. Texas, Texas, Tennessee, Albuquerque, New Mexico. We go as far as Albuquerque, New Mexico. We go as far as Wichita, Kansas. We go through Illinois. No, not Illinois. We go through Louisiana, Mississippi. And we've finished one other place that we end up going through, but those are the, the main ones in Arkansas. 
Okay. Those are the main ones that we end up going to. Yeah. So, what's a typical day like for Paris? Like when she gets up in the morning, what what's a typical day? So a typical day for me is first to start off by taking a shower with the shower points that I accumulate at any truck stop that I end up going to. Like if you fuel. Mm-hmm. Then you end up getting you end up getting shower points or you end up getting points on your car. So I start off with that. If I have a load, then I get ready to do my pre trip. After I finish my pre trip, I start however many hours of driving, and then I find somewhere to shut down. So it's really just taking care of whatever it is I need to take care of and just trip planning for most of the day. So Miss. So Miss Paris has mastered uh, the pre-trip because I remember watching your early <laughs> your early videos. It was how ah, I have to get this pre-trip, pre-trip. Eighty percent of it is pre-trip, pre-trip, and you were really stressing <laughs> the pre-trip on your test. So I'm assuming you're an old pro at it now. Oh yeah. So, so when I was um, before I even got my CDL, when I was still at Prime, you had to know your pre-trip. Because that's one of the things, like, when you're taking the actual test, they quiz you on your pre-trip, they quiz you on your backing, they quiz you on your road skills, like regular driving. That's one of the things that they were, were doing. So I needed to make sure I got that got that understood. I needed to know the, know the names of the parts. I needed to know exactly what to say, properly not to secure no cracks, <laughs> bins or, or dents or anything like that from what it is that I remember. I don't know. It's been a long time since I've had to say anything like that. Now I can just look at parts and be like, oh, okay, that's good. That's How's your backing? How's your backing? That was another big thing. My backing has improved. Okay. My backing has improved a lot compared to what it was before because before it was just, oh, it's a nightmare. I can imagine because when you got, it's not like backing a straight truck. Cause you know, cause it follows wherever you turn. But when anytime you have a a a vehicle or a trailer that pivots, I can imagine. Yeah, that to be, that's probably very difficult, and I know that's probably one of the things everybody would probably struggle with. Because especially if you never did it before, like if you grew up on a farm and you've always had like trailers attached to trucks, you know. After a while, you're used to it. But and let me ask you this: So when you went to get your CDLs and you went into trucking, were you like fresh? Like, did you have any experience at all? Not at all. None at all. So you just went in there raw. I did. I was like, you know what? I'm gonna do this. Okay. So let me explain something also. Like when I was at Prime. Mm-hmm. I didn't expect to get that far. I'm just going to be real with you right now. Really? And I'll, I'll probably make a video on this later, but I did not expect to get that far. When I passed the CDL test, I'm like, oh, snap, I'm actually in this. Okay. All right. Now it's time to drive. <laughs> exactly. Now, now it's time to drive. For real, for real. Wow. And man, when I tell you I was a I was so brave. Like what? the first trainer that I had, mm-hmm. I I had moments where I'd just be breaking down a little bit. She'd be like, "You'll be all right. 
Wow. What's the heaviest you you've ri- you driven? Like what's the heaviest you've been? Forty thousand pounds? No, oh. I've been actually because we can actually carry up to eighty thousand pounds. Right, that's the upper. So, but you don't yeah. on average you don't come nowhere near that, I would imagine. Like forty, fifty thousand. Not unless you specialize in heavy equipment, I want to say. Uh-uh. No, I don't have that endorsement. Okay. Or that certification. But um, I think the heaviest that I've ever been was cutting close to 80,000. That would be 78 or 79,000. Mm-hmm. And that was when I was in New York. I think we had a cheese load. Um, me and my trainer, we had a cheese load that we had to pick up from the craft. And it just fell off. It's like... However, they ended up putting the the load in there. It wasn't actually balancing. Right. Oh, ooh, yeah. Oh, so yeah. It, it was under eighty thousand. It was when me and my trainer we ended up scaling it. It was under eighty thousand. But however, they put it in there. They, it, it didn't balance right. So it just felt like it was heavier in the back or heavier in the front. When really, there's a way that they have to actually put it in. So we have to go back and see if we can see the rework. But during that time, there was a scale, but it was only an hour away. And I had to drive. I was on the clock. So I had to drive that load going down mountains and stuff like that, almost burning out my brakes because I was still learning how to do the mountain driving. And it was just, it was something. Wonderful. That was my next question. Mountain driving. (laughs) So, <laughs> so yeah, you, you so you you know how to mountain drive. I know better now. Yeah, you know better now. Okay, <laughs> I know better now. Like uh, when I came over to Swift, my second trainer, he would make me. He would, he ended up making a, a joke that he would do with his students, where he'd be like, "We're gonna go play in the mountains," and he was not kidding when he said that. Mm. We went through the I think it's with the Appalachian, we went yeah. to the Appalachian Mountains on I eighty. We went through the Rockies, near Washington. <laughs> I, I, I do not like the West, so we didn't even touch California. That was towards the end of my training, so I didn't even have to worry about that. I've been through those mountains. I never want to go back there again. So, yeah, he was not playing with that. I hear a lot of truckers. Oh, when you were mentioning the, the West, I hear a lot of truckers complain about California. Like they were like, you rolled through California the wrong way. You're gonna end up with thousands of dollars in fines. Is it really that bad out there? Well, because the speed limit's fifty-five miles right. per hour. Oh. So yeah, so you have a lot of people that kind of have the need to speed that just want to go a little bit faster. So that's how they end up getting that those speeding tickets. And then if you're a drive-in, you have to have your trailer at a certain mark. In order, because they have a bridge law, so okay. it can't be over a certain amount to go over a bridge. If it's not like that, then you can get a, a ticket in regards to how your trailer is, or you can get an overweight ticket or something like that. It really depends. So it really does. Looking toward the future, how long do you see yourself in the industry? And, 
how long? Not that long? Not, not too, yeah, not too long. Um, probably, if I had to give myself a limit, probably at least five years max. But really, I'm doing this so that way I can get myself out of debt. Get myself out of debt, go back into studying real estate, because that's one of the things that I really wanted to do. Get several homes, do Airbnb, and then just be good on that. Okay. Nice. A plan yet? <clears throat> that was my next question. Was like, what's your five year plan? But there it is. So, <laughs> so you don't see yourself as owner operator or trying to have a fleet or anything like that. Your own authority no, I, or hot shot trucking or nothing like that. Or expedited. No. I watched those expedited vlogs and they look like they have fun where it's like a couple. And they drive those like FedEx expedited and they have like the little extended cab. There's like a little camper and I was like, they look like they have a ball and they actually yeah, enjoy it. Too. Yeah. So you, nothing like that for Paris. Paris is strictly getting out of debt and once company. yeah, company when they, you know, because with the company, I imagine anything that happened, the company pays for it and doesn't come out your pocket, right? So yeah, okay. No, no, I'm not afraid of for me. So, so how do you make your vlogs? What equipment do you use? I honestly, I just use my phone. Okay. And then I have a tripod that mm -hmm. I use. I have a ring light, and then I ended up having to invest in the mic, which was only like eight dollars at Walmart. Mm -hmm. And the programs that I use are Keymaster and iMovie. That's it. That's it. Well, that's all you really that's need. All I, yeah, that's what exactly. like I'm saying. That's all you really need nowadays. And it's amazing. These phones, and you know, you can start your little, uh, you know, your vlogging with just the phone. And I love it. Like, people can make music in the bedroom and win all the Grammys and Billie Eilish. But so, yeah, it's a, it's, yeah. It took me a while to get into it because, you know, I'm a four year old man. So, Wow, the music is good. I'm like, it, it's just, it just wasn't made for me. But now that I sat down and I listened to it, yeah, I do like it. Yeah, it's it's good music. And her and Lizzo, well, actually, it didn't take me that long to get into Lizzo. When I first heard that record, I was just like, yo, she is talented. Because, you know, I love hip hop and R&B and stuff, you know, but the quality has really fallen off. And yeah. and I was a big Missy Elliott fan, right? And uh, it hadn't been a Missy Elliott in a long time. And then when I got a hold of Lizzo, I was like, it's the second coming of Missy Elliott. I was in heaven. Yeah, now that she's back too. Yeah, she's back. We got Lizzo. So I don't know. It's a, it's a great time now for me. And so, um, yeah, I, I'm 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 just glad that you know these tools now make it. I get all of this free content on YouTube, you know, and for somebody who loves people and loves people's stories, it's I'm happy because, you know, when I get bored, it's always something to watch on YouTube. I'm like you, YouTube. Yeah. Yeah. So it's, it's an amazing thing. So your company doesn't have a problem with you um, vlogging? No, but we have several people that actually do vlogs as well as just make content on YouTube. Mm -hmm. 
they don't have anything specific that says, oh, we don't want our name to be used or any sort of agreement that you would have to sign. So they're okay with it. I guess so. I haven't gotten any complaints. (laughs) You know what? I would guess they wouldn't have a problem because a lot of people watch those videos and may mm-hmm. somebody may watch and want to get into trucking because if they watch your videos like i can imagine there's um somebody else out there male or female that's watch your video and like i don't know if i can do it but after they watch your growth and um you know they're like well I'll, i'm gonna give it a try like you said you went in there raw and i'm i'm assuming there's people out there who never driven even a box truck and you might expire them to just even you know go out there and just give it a try so i can imagine that the companies are are pretty uh they probably softened up on their stance when it comes to social media i guess they would probably have a problem if there was a driver out there just straight dogging them yeah yeah so and um so is it lucrative because i've seen some vlogs where they've got quite a following like they get a consistent hundred thousand views. Let me say, there is a particular. She's a panic driver, from what it is that I've gathered, and she just got into making YouTube videos. She's been on YouTube since 2012, and she just started. I know that she has an editor. Her name is Happiness by the Mile, and she showed I up in my recommend. I love ice road truckers. Only, <laughs> I love, man, that's kind of what got me into it, Loki. That's really. I can imagine. Like, if they could drive in Alaska, <laughs> you can drive oh, anywhere. And do you remember exactly. when they they did a spinoff show where they took them to like those crazy roads down in like Bogota, Colombia, yeah. where the truck is hanging off the side of the mountains and all <laughs> all of that. But yeah. But yeah, I've seen her videos. They are really, really, really good. Yeah. They are. But editing, and then they have a drone. Yeah, you you get there though. Like everybody starts off simple, and then over time you'll get there. So after you, yeah. So your channel, I know your last video said you're gonna diversify the type of videos. That you're gonna have on your channel and um you know when i do post this i'll probably link it to your of course i'm gonna link it to your vlog um but you, you said that uh, you don't have to touch on it now i guess we're gonna have to wait on the the next video but you are gonna do different type videos yeah, okay nice. okay and um are you gonna ever are you gonna stick with the iphone are you gonna get a standalone camera or well that's one of the things i'm looking into uh, GoPro looks really nice to me in terms of anything like look, hooking up to the trailer, showing people how to do things like that. Kind of my day to day in terms of while I'm driving. That's mm-hmm. one of the things that I would want to end up investing in as well as just probably a regular camera. I just don't know which camera I actually need. So that's going to involve some research. The GoPro is really nice. Um, oh, yeah. I have a uh, some cameras that I use, but uh, 
And you know, that's why I got to get on my YouTube game because I got all this equipment and I'm just procrastinating. I use a Sony RX100 Mark V, I think. Um, mm-hmm. And that's probably now, so it's not the Mark whatever because you know they change the Mark whatever, but um, that one's probably still a $500 camera. And I have a Canon, um, what was it? A Canon. Um, ADD, AD and D, because I, I always say ADD. Yeah, those are as far as the stabilization, making your video, you know, video stabilization and the automatic zoom, keeping keeping it sharp and automatic zoom. I would say those are the best. Um, they're I want to say they're they're still thousand dollar cameras though. Right, so it probably for your type, your style, and what you do, something small, maybe like a Sony RX yeah. or a GoPro, because it's got to be light, mobile. Um, you know, you're not stationary or shooting wide landscapes or anything like that. And plus, your videos look fine; they look nice. I, I you know, I'm drawn oh, to them. You. Yeah, every you know, they're interesting. So, um you know you got content and i'm pretty sure that after a while you'll get there or something but that gopro sounds like uh or not only that there's some very cheap knockoffs of gopros now they do 4k yeah Yeah, i was looking at those so yeah but um i probably would do something with the mic though the external mic or something that plugs directly i have the clip on mic that's what i have and then um i got this little it's a little starter vlog set that they have at Walmart. It was only $40 and it comes with the tripod and then you're able to attach the mic and then a light on top of it and then you can put your camera on there too. So, I don't know what happened to that mic. I really don't. But I cannot find most of it. So, I'll have to get another mic. I've been looking at Rode mics. Yeah, I use Rode mics. Yeah, Rode mics. Because, you know, I use the Rode Podcaster Pro. Um, I use the uh-huh. Rode Pod mic for my my um, my mic, which is only a hundred dollars, and this thing sounds as good as like the Shure SMB whatever that Joe Rogan uses. If you ask me, yeah. the mic sounds as good as that thing, and he's probably got a thousand dollar mic. And um, I use a lot of Rode product, uh, products, and I have a wireless Rode's um, microphone. Uh, so you clip it on and then the other end has a little line in that you can plug into your camera. I can even plug it yeah. into this board if I want to. So my plans for YouTube is once I get my um, my tiny home box truck on wheels running, then I'm going to go. I want my podcast is going to be the Illmatic Nomadic, which I already uh, and it's going to be a vlog about that. And I'm going to go out to festivals and I'm going to s- specialize in black like people black people who have schoolies tiny homes or uh, who are living the nomadic lifestyle. I'm also going to have white people up there but yeah, I'm going to specialize in black people and there's this this uh this one couple and they are a beautiful couple. Um she was like a a Washington Redskins cheerleader. And um, yeah, they built out a whole school bus. And it's really, oh, really wow. nice. So yeah, I want that to be one of the very first 
vlogs that I do is to do a tour of their tiny home and even do a podcast. I want to do a simultaneous podcast with them too. And that's what I want to do. Crystal Vanner. um, There's like so many that I would love to sit down and talk with about black people in um, the nomadic lifestyle. And uh, the new girl on YouTube, you probably seen Janelle. The one that everybody says she's fake. Yeah, she's got, she yeah, she just blew up. I would love to, but I know that I, chances of me getting an interview are probably slim to none because she's a celebrity now. Once you get to YouTube celebrity, you probably won't get that interview. So, um, and there's this one lady, Summer Seeking. She is amazing. Her box truck is amazing. She made it double decker. Oh my god! You summer seeking. Do a YouTube search for summer seeking, and she built it herself. And it is the it is the most complicated build. And her and her little partner, um, it's like they are tiny women. They're like tiny women, and they did they thing. They her build is so nice. Sometimes I I just feel. My bill is anemic <laughs> compared to hers. <laughs> it's a double decker, and I was looking at that. I really want that interview too. I would really love it, and I mean, because you know, I see on online everybody's asking, "There's a lot of are there a lot of black people in a nomadic lifestyle? What can we find?" And so, yeah, I would like to start a channel, and um, and that's what I want to specialize in is um black people living a nomadic lifestyle because you know how black folks. You know, it's it, you know white folk can do it. And it's fine. It's not even considered weird. But when black people do, it's like that's weird. And like slacker, like if people feel like you're a slacker, or you know something like that. But yeah. I definitely want to get that off the ground. And um, so that's where I want to go with my channel. Um, you know, I'm not in it for the money or anything like that. But hey, if the money comes and I can do it full time, I'm not going to turn it down. <laughs> you know, exactly. What I'm so, I'll be looking forward to that. I really would. Yeah. I love seeing content like that. Yeah, and uh, you're kind of sort of nomadic too. So I'm like, yo, she's yeah. You're you're nomadic. So what? You have a Cascadia or a Volvo? Okay, is it really nice, new, like 2018, 2019? Um, I have, it's a 2018. Okay. Is, I have two 2019, and there's no difference in the 2018 that I have. Okay, you got dual bunks and everything like that? Yeah. Okay. All right, nice. You gotta, did, did you do a truck tour? I don't, can't say that. Mm-hmm. Okay. I can't I say that. So I'm looking forward to you getting that that brand new Volvo and doing your truck tour. <laughs> Let's put that out in the universe. We gonna put that, that out in the universe. That. We claiming that in Jesus' right. name. <laughs> so we gonna see you at Essence or Mardi Gras, anything like that? What is Essence gonna be? Oh, uh, <laughs> I want to say June or July. Don't. <laughs> Don't get me wrong. Uh, yeah. So, do you do festivals or what? What? 
at what do you do for fun? Like, when do you your R and R? How does that work with truck driving? You just say I want some home time, or yeah, you tell them that you want some home time, and they'll be able to get you home or wherever it is that you request to end up going. Mm-hmm. Um, in terms of what I do for fun, I mainly just either play video games. I do have an app called Meetup where it's it originated from Facebook. How people join groups and Meetup. they were trying to find other people to meet. Yeah. Yep. Me too. Yeah. I, I actually yeah, so I, I have several groups that I'm like a facilitator and I make get-togethers and oh, stuff. Yeah. yeah, I'm I'm familiar with it. I love it. I've been a part for oh, years. Yeah. yeah. Now, see, that's why I, nowadays, I knew I knew I was gonna like you. You're a kindred <laughs> spirit, right? When were you, you born? Too. When were you born? I was born December thirtieth, nineteen. Oh, really? Okay. I was like, I took you uh-huh. for like something like a, a, a Aries or a Pisces or something because I was like, I get along with them both. Yeah. Like, what am I best friends with Aries? Yeah, because I'm a Pisces, and I'm like, I just, when I watched your videos, I just knew you were kindred spirit. I was like, something about her, like, if we knew each other, like, in real life or something, we would be friends. For real, for real. Yeah. Because my rising and my moon sign, I believe that my rising is a Leo, and my moon sign is a Pisces. Okay. One of those, it's like interchangeable, but it's one of those, it's like a Leo and a Pisces, but... My name sign is a Capricorn. Okay, so getting back to meetups, say so you use that. Mm-hmm. Okay, when you go from town to town, okay. Interesting. Yep. If I'm in a town long enough, like if I'm on a 34 or something like that, then I just log onto the app, see what groups are available for that day, and then whatever events look appealing to me, that's when I end up going. Okay, you met. Have you met any interesting people on the road? I'm, I know you probably met met a lot, but anybody that's just like just blew your mind, like bam. Now, in terms of, I say that there's too many people that I really okay. have met, except for one person. But this was before I even got into trucking. It was on Meetup. And she was in the military. She told me how she was in the Navy and she worked on airplanes. And she just told me about the job that she had. And I was like, no, that's really inspiring. Yeah. And then she was telling me, she was like, I think she was, she was in her, her early 20s and she already had a home, like a three bedroom, two bathroom home. And where she lived was not that far from San Antonio, probably like the outskirts. And I was like, wow, that's what's up. And she was a black woman. She was from the island. She was from Jamaica. I was like, wow, that's what's up. Yeah. You're an inspiration. Like, I like things like that. I like people that are like that. Okay. Well, I usually don't want to hold people no longer than an hour. And it's been wonderful. We're probably going to have to have yeah. you on again sometime if you can find a time. Because <laughs> I, I know I could, I can, you know, I'm a talker. I can go on and on and on, but I don't like to monopolize people's time. One last thing um, for any millennials or people looking to get into trucking, um, what would you say to them? I would say go for it. Get your CDL, even if they don't do the 18 wheelers, at least have that license. Okay. Definitely go for it. And where can we find you in social media? 
So I do have an Instagram. It's the same name as my YouTube, which is Paris the Empress. Um, YouTube, also, you can find me on. I do have a Facebook, which is Paris Watkins, W-A-T-K-I-N-S. You can add me on there. And Snapchat, Delashik, D-E-L-A-S-H-I-C-K, 93. And no TikTok? No TikTok. No TikTok. You're a true you millennial. So Come on now. <laughs> you know what's so funny? I had a Musical.ly. Before it was TikTok, it was Musical.ly. I had right. one. Right. Yeah. And then they changed it. It's so cringy. Have you seen some of the TikToks? Like, I'd be scrolling down Facebook, and then I, I see a TikTok compilation. And I'm just, I'm just like, what is this? Is this what happened? Is this what we're doing now? I don't want to be a part of it. Yeah. I don't want to be. <laughs> and and uh, you know, I know I'm older than you, and I'm like, you know what? No, I can't. I can't. <laughs> like, I'm, I'm on the gram. I'm on Snapchat, but this here, that's too young for me. <laughs> I'll look at it and I'll enjoy it. I have an account, but uh-huh. yeah, I, I'm to the point now. I, you know, I'm I'm aware of how old I am. And that, no, skinny jeans, TikTok, no, no. Uh, uh-uh. I enjoy it, but not me. So it's like I'll just enjoy it from afar. It yeah, I enjoy it from afar. Yeah, that doesn't that miss me. I'm a Gen Xer, so I think I'm. A, yeah, I'm a Gen Xer. Am I an X or what? You. Mm, you would be considered, yeah. I'm forty. So yeah. yeah. I'm not a boomer. Wait, what year what year were you born? Seventy six. I'm not a boomer. I missed the boomer. So I'm generation so, X. Cause really so, I drew I, I grew up in the eighties, really. You know, I, uh-huh. I can't people say, Well, you were born in seventy six, not an eighties baby, but if you're born in the seventy six, you really grew up in the eighties. By uh-huh. the time you knew anything or you can remember anything, you're, it's the 80s. You know, my formative years was the 80s and my teenage years were the 90s. So I yeah. kind of sort of came around. I'm in that weird cohort where, like, I am sort of the Internet. Uh-huh. And I am 80s. And I caught a little bit of the 70s. So, yeah, I don't know what I, I, I want to say I'm a Gen X. Um, Wait, what's Generation X? Wouldn't that be our generation? No, no, millennial. no, you're a millennial. What is you Gen are X? A solid millennial. Like you I can be, remember. Like you're our children, so you're a Y. <laughs> okay, okay, okay. Yeah, <laughs> you're a Y. Hold on. So, so there's baby boomers, and then they're okay. Yeah, they're interesting. Yeah, I'm X. Okay. You're a Y. And these new crazy hoppers that are coming up. Those are Z's. I'm scared of Z. All right. I see Z. I go over there. All right. Because we messed Y up. We messed y'all. Because, you know, we were the ones that started with Shakikas and Lakikas and all of that. We started that, right? And we kind of sort of, we messed Y up a little bit. But then Y went off the rail. (laughs) And now these new Z's are coming up. That's on y'all, okay? Z is on y'all. <laughs> and so, I mean, why? Yeah, yeah, X is over here. We over here, like, you know, in my day, we used to beat them. <laughs> and that new Z, 
that's on y'all, okay? So. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you got a point. I mean, even though we learn from y'all in a way. Yeah. And then y'all learn from we messed y'all up, man. Y'all learn from the boomers. Yeah, the boomers put keys around our net. We would latch key keys. <laughs> Yeah, Nancy Reagan told us to just say no. And then Y came around and y'all just smoke y'all weed out and opened on the street. <laughs> y'all, y'all was like, no, just say no. No. Legalize it. <laughs> exactly. So yeah, Y just was y'all was on that different thing. And Z. Yeah, Z, man. Yeah, that TikTok. <laughs> You have just listened to the So Glitch podcast with your hosts, Dion and Naomi. Subscribe to the podcast on Anchor, Spotify, Apple Podcast, and Stitcher. This podcast is sponsored by Who's Your Daddy? The one-hour paternity testing center. Before you go on Maury Povich, give us a call. With several locations in Durham and Fayetteville, North Carolina. Wanda's Wigs and Weaves Emporium. If you're into Crayola colored wigs and weaves and caterpillar eyelashes, let us serve all your needs. Ray Ray's Tax Revenue and Fish Market. Come get a free flounder dinner and two sides with every W-2 you file with us. We file it and fillet it. Frying Nemo Soul Food and Sushi Fusion. Stop by and try our mac and cheese egg rolls, colored green spring rolls, and hog head cheese shashami. 10% discount to listeners of the Soul Glitch Podcast. That's this week's episode of the Soul Glitch Podcast. Don't forget to join us next week for another episode. Thanks for listening.